we're going to launch into part two of our Advent series. And due to COVID and due to some scheduling issues, we actually are off just one week on our Advent series. So part two will be today, and then part three will actually wrap up our Advent series on the 27th, a couple of days after Christmas. So we're going to stretch this holiday out just a little bit. Now, I know most of you are probably really excited about Christmas this year, even though it's going to probably look a little different than what we would like it to be or what it normally looks like. I'm excited about Christmas. There are just some things that I love about Christmas. I love the fact that the whole world is thinking about, singing about, and watching movies about the birth of our Lord and Savior. So Christians and non-Christians alike during this time of the year are just really focusing on Jesus Christ. What an amazing time for us to reach out to others and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I also love the lights. I'm not going to lie, my favorite part of Christmas outside of Jesus, of course, is the lights. I love the lights. Everywhere you go, you see these bright lights, colored lights, white lights. I just love the lights of Christmas. To me, that just really makes the season. And I love having some time off, some time with family. And and this year, maybe not so much with friends, but just really focusing on that time that we have together and finding that joy in the season as we focus together on our Lord and Savior. So if you would, take just a moment in the comments, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, let us know what are your favorite parts about Christmas? What are the things that you're looking forward to the most? What are the things that you're focusing on so that you can continue to find your joy this holiday season? So let's go ahead and jump back into our series. So if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, app, you're going to want to open to Luke chapter 1. And in just a moment, we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, as we continue this story. You'll remember last week, we focused on the angel Gabriel visiting Mary and basically dropping this bomb on her that she was going to give birth to the Lord and Savior. And we talked about the emotions that she must have been going through it and, and probably the fear and the anxiety that she must have been feeling. And we saw at the end of that story, that amazing passage where Mary just says, I'm your servant, Lord. And that's where our focus was last week. So we're going to take that, that, that story, uh, excuse me, just one step further today. And we're going to be talking about something that's called the Magnificat. And maybe you're not familiar with that term. By the end of today, you will be. And don't feel bad because up to recently, I wasn't familiar with that term either. But we're going to flesh that out just a little bit today as we move forward in our lesson today. So let's back up just a step and talk about Luke. And, and last week, we talked a little bit about Luke. And Luke was a doctor. And Luke was a follower of Jesus. But Luke was also a very detail-oriented investigator. So he really looked into things. And he really dug into things. And he told these detailed stories that tended to be very accurate. And that's one of the reasons that we're looking at Luke's version of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, also, I love the fact that in Luke, he really focuses on Mary's side of the story, whereas in the Gospel of Matthew, he tends to focus a little bit more on Joseph. So that we're going to pick up there today. We're going to continue reading Luke's account together. And again, we're going to pick up just after the, the angel has left Mary. So if you, if you read with me in verse 39, it says, At that, then Mary got ready, and it says, Hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. 
So we see here in our story that Mary has gone to visit Elizabeth. Now, if you remember last week, or if you remember from this story, we know that Elizabeth was going to be pregnant in her old age as well. And we talked about the fact that that was kind of the, the, the way the angel was convincing her that, hey, the Holy Spirit can do amazing things. And he's even going to have Mary, or Elizabeth, excuse me, give birth in her old age. So Mary's kind of going to her to, to, to kind of find out what's going on and to kind of talk to her and to kind of be with her. And the Bible tells us that, that Elizabeth was a relative of Mary. And we don't know exactly what the relationship there was. We think roughly translated they were probably cousins. Uh, but, the, but the word cousin, as it's translated from the Greek um, down to the English, doesn't always line up with the way we think it does. But we know that they're relatives in some way, shape, or form. So she goes to visit Elizabeth. So let's pick up in verse 41 that says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Put your, put your mind in this situation that Mary walks in the door and immediately the baby inside of Elizabeth, who we know is, is John the Baptist, leapt. He leapt for joy inside of Elizabeth's womb. What an amazing, amazing point in the story that must have been for both of these women. Because remember last week we talked about the fact that, that Mary was afraid and she was anxious and, and you know she had understandably so this young girl had just had this bomb dropped on her that she was not only going to be pregnant but she was also going to give birth to the Lord and Savior. So now she goes to visit Elizabeth and as soon as she walks in the door that baby inside of Elizabeth just jumps for joy. And I think that that's important. And I think that that's amazing because what we see here is that basically John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth was the first person to recognize the Messiah. He was the first one to recognize that, hey, the prophecies are coming true. Our Lord and Savior is coming and he's going to be born of this virgin named Mary. This is our first instance where we see the joy being brought to the world. So what I want to do is I want to pause right here and wherever you are, just like John the Baptist did, I want you to leap to your feet or maybe just stand to your feet. I don't want anybody getting hurt, but I want you to, to, to leap to your feet, to stand to your feet, and we're going to sing Joy to the World together. Would you please join us? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. So joy to the world indeed. And this is just such an amazing point of our story where the baby literally just jumped for joy. And I hope that everybody was safe in there jumping off the couch or jumping out of their chairs. 
But, but I just can't help to get excited at this point in the story because this is the point in the story where we see this promise being fulfilled. So let's continue reading. If you would, open with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 42. And I, I don't want to invite you to read along with me. It says, in a loud voice, she exclaimed. Now remember, this is Elizabeth talking to Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? So there's Elizabeth saying, look, Mary, this is so exciting. This is so amazing. Because remember, prior to this, Mary had been, been scared and, and anxious and worried and upset, understandably so. And we, we kind of talked about all that last week, about the reasons that she would have been justifiably upset about this. But she goes to visit Mary, and immediately it says, Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now Elizabeth is so excited for Mary. She's so excited for her. Mary, you're so blessed. And I put at the top of your screen there, hashtag blessed, because, you know, there was a period of time where like every post you saw on social media was hashtag blessed because somebody got a new car or got a new job. But, but Mary was truly blessed that she was going to give birth to the Lord and Savior, that she was going to get to be a part of this story that 2,000 years later we're still telling over and over and over again. Let's go ahead and jump ahead to verse 44 and verse 45. It says, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. See, last week we talked about the fact that his word never fails. Right? The angel told us that. The angel told Mary that. And this week we're talking about the fact that his promises never fail. See, the Lord, he makes promises to us and he never fails in those promises. See, he fulfills his promises through Jesus Christ, through this, this sending of our Lord and Savior. And again, we don't always celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We tend to focus on his death, burial, and resurrection, which is important. Don't get me wrong, because that's what gives us salvation. But it's also important that the promise was fulfilled when he simply sent his son to earth out of his amazing love that he has for us. So this brings us to the next part of our story where we're going to see that Mary is just so excited now because now she kind of gets it, right? This, this excitement of Elizabeth has been contagious, right? We know that, that, that excitement is contagious, right? When somebody's in a good mood, they can put you in a good mood. Just like, unfortunately, when somebody's in a bad mood, they can put you in a bad mood too. But Elizabeth was just so excited that Mary can't help but to feel excited as well. And this is where we come to this, this, this story of the Magnificat. And this is, this is a, a word that maybe isn't familiar to you, and that's okay. It will be by the time we're done here today. But this is a Latin word that simply says, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's what the Magnificat is all about. And that's exactly what Mary is going through. This is her prayer, her poem, her hymn of praise to God for the amazing promise that he's fulfilling through her. Now, when you hear this, that my soul magnifies the Lord, maybe like me, you think of the song that we sing. And sometimes it's called Mary's song, and sometimes it's called the Magnificat. But what it is, is it's just Mary is so excited that she bursts out in 
to song. And I hope that you're excited this morning as we talk about the, the, the start of it all when Jesus was going to be born. So let's do just like Mary. Let's stand together and let's sing a song of praise unto our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. My Savior, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. My soul magnifies the my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my soul magnifies the Thank you so much, and you can be seated. What an amazing song as Mary just breaks out into song because she is so excited and she's truly feeling blessed. Do we ever do that? Do we ever get so excited about the things that God is doing in our lives that we literally just burst out into song? I don't do that because I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, so nobody wants to hear me sing. But do we ever feel that same excitement that Mary felt? And I hope that this time of the year you do feel that excitement. As we have some time, especially this year, we have a little more time to reflect on the amazing things that God has done in our lives and the amazing gift that he's given us, which is Jesus Christ. As we sing Christmas carols, as we start to think about these things, it just gives us the opportunity to focus on this amazing gift that was given to us. And it wasn't given to us because we deserved it. it. It wasn't given to us because we should have it. It was given to us because of the love that God had for us. Let's go ahead and pick up in our text as we read in verse 46. It says, and Mary said, and this is where she launches into kind of that song that we just sang. And a lot of this is, is very similar, but I, I want to pick out some of the important points that I want you to focus on. It says, and it says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. It says, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. I, I love where she says the humble, the humbleness. Because think about this. God used this, this poor young virgin to give the world the most amazing gift that we've ever received. And just as Jesus Christ was humble during his time on earth, Mary is humble as well. But it's all starting to hit her, right? As she sings a song, she's starting to think that, wow, forever and ever I'm going to be known as the mother of our Lord and Savior, the Messiah that's been prophesied about for years. Because no doubt Mary had read about and heard about the coming of the Messiah, probably more likely heard about it because a lot of things were word of mouth by, back then. 
But no doubt she had heard about this going to happen for a very long time. And now she's understanding what a big part of this process she is going to play. So let's go ahead and continue reading in verse 49. It says, For the mighty one has done great things for me. It says, Holy is his name. It says, His mercy extends to those who fear him, or in this case, respect him, not necessarily fear him the way you and I might think of fear. It says, From generation to generation. Think about that for just a second. From generation to generation. What's Mary saying here? She's saying, look, this doesn't just apply to me now. This applies for generations and generations and generations to come. Well, guess what, folks? That's you and I, too. We're part of that generations to come. It says, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. It says, he has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. In the last piece of scripture, we talked about this idea of humility, right? And probably one of the reasons that that God chose Mary for this task was her humility. We know that she had found favor with God, and we know that 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 was an important part of the puzzle. And her humility probably played a big part of the puzzle as well. And now, what is she telling us? He has scattered those who are proud, What's she saying here? She's saying that she's going to make that God is going to make things right. The proud aren't going to be the ones who in the end are going to receive the prize. We know throughout the Bible we we learn about this fact that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And Mary is reiterating that as she sings to glorify God. Let's pick up in verse 52. It says, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. It says, he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. And again, she's she's continuing to expound on this idea that the first will be last and the last will be first. And she's reminding us of that as she sings She's singing about how amazing God is, that he lifts up the poor, that he lifts up the humble, and that he's going to take down those who don't fear him, that don't respect him. Let's pick up verse 54. It says, he has helped his servant Israel. It says, remembering to be merciful. It says, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Again, remember that these verse numbers get added into the Bible just for convenience sake so that we can go and find scriptures easily. And it's probably a great thing that they do that. But but don't get hung up on the verse breaks here. This was one song. This was one thought from Mary's heart. And we want to read this as one, not as separate individual things. Remember, she would have been singing this out. Think of it more as as a verse of a song than a verse of scripture. But it says to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Again, she's reminding us of this idea of promises being fulfilled through Jesus Christ. After she finishes her song in verse 56, we read that it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. What an important 
piece of the story this is that Mary went to see Elizabeth because it totally changed Mary's mindset. Now we know at the end of last week's story, we know that she had already said, God, use me how you need to use me. I am your servant. But we also know that she still had some questions. She still had some concerns. So God God puts those people in our lives, right? Because he knows that we need people in our lives. He puts those people in in our lives that are going to help us change our mindset. That are going to help us reframe our focus. And for Mary, it was Elizabeth. See, Mary sought wise counsel. She went to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth got her fired up, got her excited, right? That importance of these positive people that we have in our lives. And and that's why it's so important that we have people in our lives that are going to not only be there to love and support us, but are going to point us to Jesus. And that's exactly what Elizabeth did. She pointed Mary in the right direction. She said, Mary, this isn't something to be worried about. This isn't something to be upset about. Get excited. Get excited about this. This is an amazing thing that's about to happen to you. And Mary gets so excited that she bursts into song. And I love that so much. It's almost like the light bulb went off, right? Or went on in this case. And Mary gets it now. And Mary's excited. She's put all those fears aside. She's put all those worries aside. Because see, when we put our focus and we put our trust in God, we don't have to be worried and we don't have to be fearful anymore. Because God's got us. He's going to take care of us. And Mary understands that and we have to understand that too. There are so many confusing things going on in our world right now. There's so many things that we may not like, but we just have to deal with. But if we put our trust and our faith in God instead of in people, He's going to make things right for us, just like he did for Mary. So what if? What if we had the faith of Mary and Elizabeth? These were two extremely faithful women and fantastic role models for us. See, Elizabeth never gave up the faith that she was going to be able to become pregnant even in her old age. She knew exactly what God was doing through Mary and was the one to tell her, Look, Mary, you are blessed. And Mary, we know, had the faith to say, look, I'm your servant. Use me, God. Use me. What if we had that same kind of faith where we put our own agendas aside, where we put our own plans aside and said, God, use me in the way that you would like to use me. Use me in a powerful way to advance the kingdom. Use me in a way to make disciples among men. What if we truly did that? Because we talked about last week, Mary had plans, right? Mary was planning a wedding. She had a future planned with her fiancé. This was not in her game plan. But God came along and said, but my plans are greater than your plans. And we know that God has a plan for our lives. He has this overarching plan. Now, that's not to say that we don't have free will. That's not to say that we don't make choices. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand that. But what I'm saying is God has a plan. God had a plan when he sent his son. God knew what he was doing. God knew he wanted to save the world. Now, sometimes our free will takes us off down the wrong path and can kind of mess up God's plans for us. But overarching, God has a plan for our lives. And we need to live out that plan that he has and be willing to put our plans aside. We need to focus on the joy that Jesus brings. 
we just finished a series on Philippians a couple weeks ago, and it was all about how Paul was able to find his joy despite his circumstances of being in prison. And that's the same thing. See, Mary found her joy, and Elizabeth helped her find that joy. And see, once Mary changed her focus to joy, instead of worry and stress, she was so excited that she couldn't help but sing about it. We need to find that way to feel the joy and to, see, to feel and see the blessings of God despite our circumstances. And I know that that's easier said than done. I've been there, done that. It's hard for me sometimes too. And you know, we're coming into this Christmas season that, that's not going to look the way we want it to look. I, I had plans to, to go home for Christmas this year, to go back to Illinois to see my parents. That's not going to happen. And am I upset about that? Of course I am, because I miss my parents. But I still have to find my joy. I have to find other ways to find joy. I have to find things that I can focus on. And even if you can't think of other things to focus on that are going to find joy, think about that joy that you have in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Think about the joy that you have in knowing that if I stay the course, someday I'm going to go to heaven where there won't be any more sickness and pain. And everything will truly be perfect. So here's the things I want to leave you with here this morning. And this is the things I want to leave you with from, the, from this story of Mary and Elizabeth today. And that's that God fulfills his promises. God fulfills his promises. Last week we talked about how his word, right, is fulfilled and never fails. But God's promises never fail. And he promises us an amazing eternity far beyond what we can even imagine or comprehend. These women had great faith. We've got to have that same faith that they did, that God knows what he's doing and allow him to work in our lives. See, God wants to do great things through us. And how does he do that? He does that through his son, Jesus Christ. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. God wants to use you in some way. And maybe it's not to get up on a stage and, and, and present a lesson and be a preacher or even be a teacher or even be a Sunday school a Sunday school teacher, maybe that's not how he wants to work through you. Maybe it's as simple as he wants to work in your family. You know, when we think of calling, right? We think of calling, we think of people who are called into full-time ministry. But God puts a calling on each and every one of our lives, and it's threefold. He puts a calling on each, and all, each one of our lives to be a Christian and to follow Jesus. He puts a call on each of our lives for a vocation, Again, whether that be in ministry or be somewhere else, because you can, you can be just as effective of making disciples as a doctor, a lawyer, a salesperson, whatever it may be. He puts a calling on our lives. But that third calling that he gives us is that calling to our everyday tasks. And whether that's taking care of your family or just living for Jesus every day of your life, that's part of your calling is to do those things that require our attention today. And maybe it's taking care of your children, or maybe it's taking care of your mom and dad. But that's the other calling that he places on our lives. It's not just our calling to full-time ministry. He's going to make things right. In Mary's song, she talks over and over about how he's going to elevate the humble and bring down the proud. 
And we may not feel that sometimes. And sometimes it may be frustrating to us because it feels like the people who are not Christ followers are the ones that are gaining here on earth. It feels that way. I know I felt that way, and I'm sure you've probably felt that way at some time or another. When that person you work with that lies, cheats, and steals gets the promotion and you don't, how does that make you feel? But we're reminded again in the Magnificat that one day God's going to make those things right, and the first will be last, and the last will be first. He used this poor, young virgin to give the world the greatest gift that we could ever be given. And that's what I truly want you to focus on. This week, as we lead up to Christmas, as we lead up to the actual holiday on December 25th, I want you to remember this amazing gift that we've been given. And if that doesn't give you joy, I don't know what can give you joy, but that's what we've got to focus on. We've got to find our joy despite our circumstances. And I want to encourage you to do that this week. Now, if there's any way that we can help you, because I understand this can be a tough time for some. If there's any way that we can help you here at the church, I want to encourage you to reach out to us. Maybe, maybe you're just having a difficult time through this pandemic and, and you'd like some prayers or you need some help. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Maybe you've never had a chance to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? The pandemic is not going to stop us from baptizing you. Please reach out to me at Aaron at mvchurch.org. I'll be more than happy to make an appointment with you. We can get you baptized. We're getting ready to start a brand new year. Maybe you've simply just fell away from your relationship with Jesus Christ. What a great opportunity to come back, confess, confess your sins. We can pray together. We can pray for you. We can pray with you. But why not start the new year, 2021, in a right relationship with Jesus Christ? If we can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out as we come together and we stand and we sing. Oh, Well, the last thing that I want to leave you with here this morning is we don't know what the future holds. We're living in some uncertain times. But the one thing that we do know is what our future in Jesus Christ holds. Focus on that and focus on that joy. Let others during this season see the joy that is found within you and share that joy with others so that they can find that joy as well. Would you please join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day that you've given us, and we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together to sing songs unto you and to learn another portion of your word. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to, to, to go our separate ways and to celebrate this holiday this week, we pray that we will just continue to find our joy in you. And not only will we continue to find our joy in you, but to help others to find joy in you as well. We've been given this amazing gift, and that is in your Son, and why wouldn't we want to share that with everyone that we encounter? 
Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just continue to be with us. We ask that you would continue to guide us on the path that you would have us to be on. And most of all, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Whether you're in the courtyard or whether you're in our live audience, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Hear the holy roar of God resound. Hear the holy roar of God resound. Watch the waters part before us now. Watch the waters part before us now. Come and see what he has done for us. Tell the world of his great love. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who Says, let God arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever, He reigns now and forever. Arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever, He reigns now and forever. His enemies will run for sure. His enemies will run for sure. The church will stand, she will endure. The church will stand, she will endure. He holds the keys of life, our Lord. Death has no sting, no final word. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who says, let God arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever, He reigns now and forever. Arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever, He reigns now and forever. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God.